All right, what's up, you guys? You're listening to episode number two of Agent 2029. I am here with Rob Third. Um, I met him on Twitter. Uh, somehow, the first two guests I've had on the show happen to be a Patriots fan and a Bills fan. I don't know how that ended up happening because I'm a Jets fan, and I, I really don't know uh, what happened. Oh, man. This AFC East situation is a little weird. <laughs> yeah, that, that totally wasn't by design. Because if I had it my way, definitely right. wouldn't be the first two guests on the show. <laughs> what I, I think we agree on that one. Um, how long you been a Bills fan uh, for? My whole life, man. It's been uh, all I know is that as long as I can remember, we from when I can remember, we was wearing the navy and red jerseys, the ugly jerseys, you know. So I think that was like. 2000 but um I vividly remember 97 I was born in 93 so we've been pretty much bad for all my life so this is pretty it's pretty dope to see this man you know kind of suck for y'all but you know y'all good I'm over here hating man because you guys decide to be good as soon as Brady leaves and it's just like right 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 like man I I would and the Jets were good enough to at least be second place most of the time yeah now yeah so it's just like, ugh. yeah. But uh, what do you? What is your uh, prediction for the Bills Ravens game? Like, put put your bias aside. What do you actually okay. think will end up happening? Okay. Uh, bias aside, um, Lamar scares me. Lamar scares me for sure. Um, I think if Lamar finds a way, if Lamar finds a way to at least get 200 passing yards with the way he runs, then I think that kind of puts the Bills in a situation where as strong as Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs is, our run defense is just not good enough to contain that, you know, to contain Lamar getting 200 yards plus, you know, maybe getting 100 yards and running. And then just the whole run defense of the Bills in general is just, that might be our biggest struggle. I think that will be tough. But my overall prediction, I think it's going to be close, um, close like 24-17 type thing. Uh, 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 probably a little biased in here, but I'm going to go 24-17 Bills. So uh, that's as probably unbiased as I can get. I think the run defense scares me the most. And with the way Lamar is and the way he can open the field up, that will probably be the downfall. So. You got a uh, you got an X factor of the game like uh, you got a player that you want to be on record about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Edmonds. I'm gonna go with Edmonds because if our linebackers, specifically him, if they can stop the run defense, if they can hold maybe Lamar to like 85 yards, if Lamar only has 85 rushing yards. I think that's a double in our end. So I'm gonna go with our linebackers, but specifically Edmonds. But yeah, we'll uh we'll have to play this because this will this clip will come mm-hmm. out uh next Friday. Um because the first first episode of drop is coming Friday. All right. We'll see if you write if you historically correct. I'm gonna yeah. make sure I'll be I'll be seeing your tweets. Yeah. Of the Bills losing, just so so you know. Yeah, man. So, uh, okay, I, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> yeah, and that's only because I'm a Jets fan. So I got to hate on you just a little bit. Yeah, man, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> so uh, I noticed you mainly because you're 
uh, investing in collectibles. And I thought that uh, to bring you on the yeah. podcast, just because I thought you'll bring some type of value in, to, to people that are maybe interested in it. Um, how did you mm-hmm. get involved in like uh, the collectible space? Like, did you collect uh, sports cards as a kid? Like, how did you get mm-hmm. interested in that? Oh, yeah, man. So uh, I actually, the ironic part about it is I started collecting basketball cards in 2004, 2005. So I was, I think, I think I was either going in, I was like in eighth grade, maybe. I always collected like the Pokemon cards and, you know, things like that, but nothing ever crazy. Like I had the binder, but the reason why I brought up 2004, 2005 is because I heavily collected basketball cards, NBA basketball cards. But it was the year before, obviously, it was the year after Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and obviously the Chris Bosh, Carmelo Anthony era. So if I would have started a year earlier, I would have probably had the LeBron, the Dwayne Wade rookie cards. So that going back and looking at my collection, uh, I want to say at the beginning of this year, I realized I was like, wow, like if I would have actually stuck with it and, you know, not seen it as like a part of my childhood, but almost as something to grow up with and as an investment, because I think that's what intrigued me about collectibles so much. It's those 1% of people that got it from the jump. You know what I mean? Whether it was their parents that told them, you know, keep these in good condition because, you know, this is going to be worth something one day or whether it was just them naturally taking care of their, you know, of their belongings. Because for me, my Pokemon cards, I have them, but they're not in good condition because we were trading them at lunch and, you know, whether we were just having them in our pockets. So I have a couple ones that may have been worth something that was first edition, but the value isn't there because they're not in great condition. They may be a PSA seven at best, you know? And so that kind of intrigued me as an adult now to really kind of see the value of things beyond what people say, because a lot, we get, when it comes to the collectible um, sector, you get a lot of bad rep of, uh, oh, this is something that doesn't hold value. It's just cardboard or it's just Jordan sneakers, but at the end of the day, the way I seen it and the kind of what trick, you know, kind of gave me the trigger for me was, okay, if I do fractional shares, right? And I, because let's be real, I love Jordan. Um, me personally, I'm bigger, I'm a bigger LeBron fan, but that's because I grew up with him. But if I understand that there are Jordan fans that's 40 years old, that no matter what you say, he's the GOAT, and they would love to have his sneakers from that era. They grew up having his jerseys and envisioned it as his game-worn jerseys. They would love to have those last shot sneakers from when he shot it on the Knicks, A, B, and C. That's never going to end. If they ever fall into money, that's the things they're going to buy. They're going to go to the golden auctions. They're going to get that memorabilia. So if millionaires have hobbies, it's more than likely hobbies like that. And that's kind of what was the connecting factor to me that, oh, yeah, the S&P 500 gets 7 to 10% a year. But if these millionaires consistently buy these items, that's going to be 200, 300% over time consistently. So I kind of just honed in my attention and just the overall excitement, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah that definitely uh, makes sense. Um, the main thing that stuck out to me in that is, so you, you live in New York. Yeah. How do you love Michael Jordan? You're a Knicks fan? No, I'm not. No. First of all, I'm nowhere near a Knicks fan. So here, let me break this down to you. So 
Buffalo, you wouldn't even believe it. Buffalo, New York, and New York City is almost about, is about five and a half hours apart. I'm closer to Pittsburgh. I'm closer to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, than I am New York. I'm closer to Toronto, uh, you know, Canada, than I am to New York City. So I never had that connection to New York City teams. And what really kind of sold me on not having a connection to New York City teams is the fact that even before this, like obviously you're a Jets fan. New York teams never claimed us as a New York team, but we're the only team as a Buffalo Bills. We're the only team that plays in New York. You know, the other two teams play in New Jersey. Um, so when it comes to the Knicks, never been a fan of the Knicks. I hated when Mello was on the Knicks. I thought that was a, I thought that was a disaster. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, no, I actually grew up a Heat fan and not because of the big three. I grew up a Heat fan because when they got drafted, everybody was a LeBron fan. So I decided to go with Wade. So I followed Wade's whole career. Um, and obviously once Wade retired, I just veered my direction back to that, you know, to that class. And obviously I support LeBron, um, but yeah, Jordan, Knicks, I'm neither one of them. I didn't see enough of Jordan to, uh, be a big Jordan fan, but obviously I collect the sneakers and I love everything about the history of Jordan as a basketball fan in general. But if I had to say it would be, uh, dang, LeBron would be my goal. I would put it that way. And that's, that's a big, yeah, that's a big, that's a big saying. And obviously now I'm on record saying this, but yeah, LeBron would be my goal. So yeah, you history, yeah. you gotta, you gotta live. With yeah. It. Yeah. But, um, all right, that makes sense. Um, so for someone that's not just uh, trying to get started uh, with collectible yeah. fractional sharing, do you only use Rally Road or do you use things like collectible and stuff like that? Or uh, where, do you do, where do you do your research at? Okay, so I do my research with Alton Insights. Uh, you probably see it with you know, following Rally, they uh, created a great market for uh, extended research, but obviously they were just created. So I did most of my research before I even started investing on Rally on uh, Google Trends. Like I would use Google Trends, I would use eBay. I think eBay is the best out of all of them. Like you can get all the information you need to know from eBay by just typing in, you know, whatever card you're looking for, graded PSA, you know, you can kind of see the market and kind of how it sold recently. So I love using that. Uh, I look on Golden Auction to see what's recently sold. Um, I don't use collectibles or uh, what's the other one? Who is? I don't know how they say it. Uh, Otis. Uh, it's another one. Yeah, Otis. I don't. I don't use Otis. Um, just because I don't like to spread my money out that much. I think that's spreading it out a little bit too much for me. Like I like to kind of pick the first one I'm with, and then if I have a reason to veer over to let's say a collectibles, then I'll do it. But uh the the secondary market of rally is kind of what made me be like all right i really don't need to diversify in alternative investing past you know rally because it just makes more sense makes the most sense do you because on, on on rally i know they have like mm -hmm. the sports they have the pokemon uh, they have yeah. online, um mm -hmm. other things do you stick into the sports slash pokemon realm or what uh where do you where does your interest at. do you um look anywhere else uh so probably i'll say i have 30 assets on rally right now 
with some of them being exited, some of them being, you know, me deciding to sell them. But uh, overall, I'll say about 70% is sports memorabilia or memorabilia in general. But I did invest in some, I invested in two wine assets, IPOs. Uh, and then I think I didn't invest in any other cars. Uh, I just, that that was just a little bit too risky for me because I'm not, I'm not big on that. You know what I mean? Like, I know what cars I like and then past that, I really don't know the history enough for me to put my money in. And then if my money goes down, I'm okay with it. The thing is with sports memorabilia, if the money goes down, I'm okay with it because that was on me. I should have did my homework. I know this history. I know about this player. I know about this, you know, asset. So if it goes down, I'm okay with that. But if I don't know about it, then I feel like I cheated myself. So, uh, yeah, I have a couple of the books as well. I was going to invest in the Great Gatsby one, and I, I reneged on that just because I just felt like, I'm like, yo, how is a book this much? You know, but I guess people say the same thing when we invest, you know, so I had to do my, I had to do my research. And by the time it was ready to uh, go up, I, I didn't do enough research. So I just kind of decided to pass on it. But uh, I definitely see how the book market and the literature market moves. And if I was to venture off even a little bit more, it would be in the literature just based off of potential and not interest, if that makes sense. Do you, uh, are you a big reader? Yeah, but as you probably could guess, it's more finance. Uh, I never got into like fiction, nonfiction. Uh, it's always been finance and whether it was uh, faith-based. Like I, I usually don't, I'm not big on uh, mysteries or anything like that. So yeah, I kind of just stick to that. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Yeah, I was uh, even looking at The Great Gatsby or The Texture of the Rye. Yeah. Like, I know these yeah, yeah. are like uh, classics, you know, but I was like, well, yeah. always, my first question is, well, people always care about these books or, right. and I, I right. can't do that right away. And I'm just like, all right, I might not just invest in it. So I, you seem to only invest in things that you, you know, um, how much, yeah. how much research do you like normally say, like, do you do? It's like an hour or how? Like you got to put a time frame on. Uh, I'll say okay. So obviously, the sports memorabilia is kind of cut and dry, but I do like to see the the potential grow. So I'll say about maybe about two hours, two hours throughout that week. You know, obviously, you know how rally works. You know, once you see the IPO day, I kind of that's when I kind of dig a lot deeper. Uh, and the reason why I do that is because. A lot of times, you, even on Twitter, you can see a lot of people have a lot of opinions. You know what I mean? And some of them could have a lot of facts behind them, but a lot of times with nostalgic things like alternative investing, I don't think people know how to take their emotions out of it. You know what I mean? Like, like for instance, I know when my emotions is in it and I know when my emotions isn't. For instance, that Tom Brady card that went up. I don't care what it did. I was not investing in that. I couldn't have that on my record. I don't, I don't care if they told me it was going to do A, B, and C, you know, but I knew that was emotional. You know what I mean? And I guess you have to know when it's emotional and when it's not. So I usually do my uh, research about two hours, I'll say, and at minimum, maybe an hour. Where do you, um, where do you view the space going? Do you, um, at some point, do you see like mm -hmm. a hip hop memorabilia going into stuff like this like 
Um, maybe you'll get the mm -hmm. Smalls crown or Tupac letters or something like that. Do you see mm -hmm. that being something that's possible? For sure. I don't know if you know, they actually struck out on the Biggie uh, crown. They tried to invest in it and they struck out. Um, I think they got outbidded. I don't know how it went, but they did try to invest in that. And also, uh, Rob, which is the CEO, I think it's Petrozo. I don't want to butcher his name, but uh, Petrozo, he came from a music background. So he worked with good music and uh, he worked with good music. Nas, I believe Nas was a part, I don't know if he was an investor, but he was a part of the startup of Rally. So with Nas being a part of the startup of Rally, I know something's coming. You know what I mean? I know something's coming and uh, the future of Rally, I really see it. Like when, when the world opens back up, COVID has passed. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I see it being the community being built in a museum space, like maybe not a major museum space, but we can go physically, obviously they have the store, but we can go physically see our investments and kind of have talking pieces and consistently having uh, community, uh, not even like, I guess you could say pop-up shops almost, like you can kind of see where your investments are going and you know, you get to, get an inside scoop of where you know what's next but i see the growth being pretty crazy because the difference with collectibles and rally is i think is you can tell that it's more community-based than business-based and i think that's what's i think that's what's next and i and i'm just from my background of you know marketing and management you can you can kind of feel that you know what i mean so i definitely see it being more of a physical location as well yeah it'll be interesting i can i can tell just from me than the twitter handles like from the club yeah valley road i can see and yeah. uh, rob is just tweeting a lot and interacting with yeah yeah lot. so that that does go a long way with just building a community so i definitely agree with you yeah. agree with you there uh, how do you so the main one the main things that i struggle with is there's just being so many different things that you're interested in right and just mm -hmm. not enough not enough funds how do you decide yeah. like your allocation for certain mm -hmm. things oh man now that will probably be my most extensive answer because i that's where most of the time goes so you obviously me and you had to shift how we kind of operated because they started doing an investment every single day. So uh, even before that, they were do, you know how they used to do the surprise investments and everything like that. I usually do a, 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 I guess you could say a share cap, not a share cap, actually a fund cap. So I usually go by the dollar amount and not the share amount. And I'm like, okay, for this one, let's just use a number. I'll be like, okay, for this one, 200 this one my max will be three this one will be 100 you know and obviously i usually so let's say that there's three ipos coming up and i'm interested in all three i will that's when my research gets deeper because i'll have to go off of potential nostalgic avenues and then uh and then i guess value overall because like i'll just let you in i decided that i'm gonna pass on the jordan jersey that's coming up i'm like okay I like this one, but it's already at, I think, 375,000, right? It's at 375,000. So the growth potential could be a million, but 
for me, would I rather do that or would I rather make sure I get all of the Jordan sneakers because that has nostalgic value and growth potential. So I would rather show somebody that I have multiple Jordan sneakers that I'm invested in compared to the Jordan jersey. Because realistically, for me, what would I rather have in my house? Would I rather have Jordan sneakers or would I rather have Jordan jersey? And for me personally, it would be the sneakers just based off of me being a sneaker enthusiast. So when it comes to the funds, I always try to make sure that I don't get too excited either. I don't want to ever put in more than I feel comfortable with. And that's kind of where I'm like, okay, I like this one. So I'll put this much in here. I'll put it 200 in here and then I'll, you know, expand it over to this asset and maybe get a smaller amount of like a hundred dollars or, you know, A, B, and C. But yeah, that's probably my most extensive yeah, that definitely, uh, definitely allocations, I'll say. me out a lot. Um, Cause I run into that and cause I do mm-hmm. use a rally road and I also use a collectible. So I'm dealing with so many dates at the same time. Collectible. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. I don't know how right, I'm right. to fit in here. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely have to look into just that all- allocation. Um, in regards to what I think will bring a lot of people value is I, I like to think about people's like um, things they've learned along their investing journey. Um, so from yeah. a aspect of, was there anything that you thought was going to be the one, right? And then it ended up not being mm-hmm. one. Do you have any stories like that? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, just with rally or in general? In in general. Oh, okay. Um, I would definitely have to say I had a couple. So um, what was the one company? That was competing with Tesla. I can't even remember their name. I've moved it, removed it so far away from my brain. Uh, it's not Neo, right? Uh, no, it's, uh, what is it? I can't remember the name of it. Either way, I got into that company that was competing with Tesla that the uh, CEO was lying and they pushed the truck oh, they down did. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I can't remember the name right now, but uh, I invested in that company uh, when it was called Vecto IQ, Vecto IQ was a purchase by that company. And, uh, I didn't have too much in there, but I had a good amount in there and I got in at $15, right? Got in at $15 and it ran up all the way to $93. Now I'm thinking, I'm like, Oh, this is going to really compete with Tesla. They're going to go A, B and C. This is when I'm, I didn't know what I was talking about. This was just me going off of pure emotion, right? I should have sold at 93. I ended up selling at 58 and I lost all that profit, but I didn't go negative, but I did lose a lot of profit that I could have had. And that vent that allowed me to understand exactly uh, to take my emotions out of it. So when the Heisman on rally did what it did, I was expecting the Heisman to be like, I was like, Oh, the Heisman is about to be crazy. You know? And it just, it just didn't catch. I don't know why it didn't catch. I think it was more of because it was $46 a share. And let's be honest, people, when it comes to investing, even $46 is too much. Like people like the the five, the 10, the 20, 25. I even myself uh, included, I don't really like to go over $30, but the Heisman one was the one that I was like, okay, this might be worth it. And uh from those experiences, I learned that the the value is in understanding that you timing, like it's like, if this makes sense to you, 
then invest in it. But don't be mad when it doesn't line up because you didn't do your overall research. The reason why I'm saying that is because that Heisman was won by somebody that doesn't have as much value. It's not that the Heisman didn't have value. It was the person that won the Heisman didn't have value. And if I would have researched that, I probably wouldn't have invested originally. But um, I got a stock certificate out of it, so I guess I'll I guess I'll take that on the chin. There you go. Yeah, that, that's the reason. That's the uh, it was Clint Clint Frank Frank or is that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna invest in that because I was like, that is the Heisman. That's dope, right? Yeah, I, yeah. People are gonna like going to Heisman. Um, but then the reason why I didn't invest in it was the very same reason why you like uh, why you said that you shouldn't have invested in it. I was like, who yeah. the hell is Clint Frank Frank? <laughs> Yeah, so I, right right yeah, that's that's the reason why i didn't invest in it because it's because i was like yeah. i don't know who clint frank is i uh, i got a yeah. sports group on facebook and i was like hey does anybody know who clint frank is they didn't know so i, <laughs> so I was just like okay i'm not gonna get this one and it didn't fail so i was just like all right cool that makes it a little bit better so just that little like you're saying yeah. that little bit of research would just be like have you avoid those situations yep. like that? For sure. What about sure. uh? So we talked about uh two um two moments where you learned a lesson. What about like where everything went right? Like you knew it was gonna be the one, and it like turned out good for you. You probably got a lot of those, huh? Oh man, the main one, the only one I have to talk about. Well, I it was the eighty-eight Jordan, bro. The eighty-eight Jordan was the reason why I consistently opened the rally app. So originally I started investing in rally in November of 2019, but I got the, I got the Mickey Mantle to keep it a stack. I had no idea who Mickey Mantle was because baseball just wasn't my thing, but I'm just trying to, you, cause the reason why I found out about rally was because of Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson partnered with them and he had that truck and he had the Rolex. So I was going to get the Deshaun, you know, the, the Rolex. I'm like, okay, I get that. I understand the value of a Rolex. The Rolex is made of real gold, so it appreciates over time. I understand that. So I ended up getting the uh, fight of the century Ali um, contract that sold off the, uh, that exited. That was good. Then the 88 Jordans popped up. Nobody needed to tell me anything. I already knew off rip. I'm like, I don't care if everybody say this is not a buy, I'm buying it. So uh, obviously at that time it was $11 per share. And I went all in on that one. That was my first time going all in. And obviously now I think it's at $59 a share. Like with and the 88 Jordan, what? The 88 Jordan, uh, the dunk contest one. The uh the sneaker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That the sneaker, the the 88 Jordan sneaker, the threes. Uh and that that was perfection. Then the uh Actually, the funny story, and I wasn't going to even tell this story. The second best investment was the Pokemon one. Obviously, the first Pokemon one with all the PSA 10s. Yeah. The crazy thing about that is, so you know how when you uh, get your shares, that's your opportunity to get the stock certificate, right? I got the stock certificate, but they kicked me out of the investment. So I ended up getting a stock. Yeah, so I ended up getting a stock certificate and not getting an investment on the first round when it was twenty five dollars a share. Yo, I was hot. I was like, dog, what? <laughs> so you didn't see that went. 
you know that what happened was this was the first time I ever experienced that. So I got this doc certificate and then I went and checked the email, but I thought the email was just confirming the purchase of the stock certificate. And then I looked back like a day later because I didn't even know that it went to the portfolio at this time. I went back a day later and it was like, you know, uh, unfortunately it filled too fast and, you know, your, your shares wasn't included, A, B, and C. So, yeah, so I missed some of that profit. I got a little bit of the profit, obviously, because it went up to $150 because I got in the next time. So uh, I think that's a major thing too. When to buy into a trade, like when to buy into a trading window, I've only did that four times and it has to be something that I really wanted to get into and missed or just obviously for nostalgic reasons. So yeah, that was definitely my two biggest wins. So I haven't, I haven't invested in a secondary window yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When it comes to, cause I know with like the um, stock market, you really just, and looking yeah. at the stock price isn't just mm -hmm. not investing, right? You got to do deeper than that. Yeah. So how do yeah. you, and when it comes to rally, do you look at, mm -hmm. do you look at, because you mentioned that you don't go above 30, but if the Pokemon mm -hmm. is at 150, is that like a no, mm -hmm. no, don't, don't do it? Or what do, what do you look at after that? Does mark, like the market cap, does that market value? Yeah, like, yeah, I usually, I usually go market cap because I'm like, okay, for instance, uh, one of the dudes on Twitter at, uh, I think his name is John, John uh, Shuck or something. I don't know what it is. But uh, when the Pokemon went up on trading window, he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sell half my shares. And we was going back and forth. And I don't even think he noticed. He won that debate. I won't even lie. He won that debate because he was telling me how, you know, he was like, it went up five times. Like he was like, it's five times the market. You know, you might, you got to sell some of this, get some of the profit and see what it does. And I'm like, but right now, it's like, I know the growth value is going to go way up. I know it is. But before the trading window closed, I ended up selling half my shares just because he really did have a good point of I had to see some profit in a smaller increment on the second hand instead of for the, uh, you know, instead of for in totality. So usually for me, if it's in the, if it's over $100, it's not that much growth left. You know what I mean? It, it's just not like it would really have to be something major like that Mickey Mantle that sold for 5.2 million yesterday. That that card on there is $200,000 and obviously it's a seven, but it probably would get to 500,000 and it's what is it $200 a share right now. That may be worth it. But for me, it's like how much growth are you going to see from that? So with the Jordan 88 Jordan threes, I did invest in the secondary market twice. I did it twice. Uh, the second time I probably shouldn't have because I knew that the growth was probably hitting its ceiling, but I did make a little bit you know, more off of that. So I usually go off of market. Um, I don't see those 88 Jordans going over $200,000. So I won't, it's at a hundred right now. I don't see it going to 200. So I probably won't invest in it again and i'll probably hold my shares or maybe sell a little bit of them so with um is there anything else that you invest in besides uh like collectibles and uh you said you mentioned stocks mm -hmm. you invest in like uh crypto or anything yeah. or what else are you interested in yeah 
Yeah, I'm, I actually invest in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, it took me a long time to get get there just because I couldn't understand it. And I couldn't understand what the point was of investing in something that doesn't have any, for me, it was any history because it's not like I'm a financial advisor. It's like, why, what will make me put my money in this? And then the best explanation I got for it that made me finally invest in it was uh, back in the 1950s, uh, you know, our grandparents or great grandparents, whatever you want to say, uh, when Visa cards like debit and credit cards first came out, they were holding their cash. They were putting it under their mattress. They was putting it in, you know, they were sticking with cash. They're like, there's no way I'm investing, putting my money in a piece of plastic. Like I can't see my money. I don't know where my money goes. I'm going to have to go to the bank to see it. So they weren't that first curve of, you know, debit and credit cards wasn't a smooth curve because people couldn't understand what the future held. Now you have Square, now you have, you know, PayPal, you barely hold cash anymore. So when I kind of heard that explanation, it made me kind of, it gave me a trigger. I'm like, okay, I don't think Bitcoin is going to take over cash, but I do think Bitcoin has a place in this, obviously it has a major place in this market. I think that people will be paying with Bitcoin in a, you know, within 10 years consistently. I think that it will run up to over $100,000, but I am very conservative with Bitcoin. I haven't, it's barely 3% of my, you know, portfolio, but uh, I actually work at a film studio and the owner of that film studio, he has, he uh, mines Ethereum and Bitcoin. So once I seen that, I was sold. So that yeah, yeah, uh, that's kind of right. Knowing people close to you that have these, yeah. you know, like, and I yeah. really hate, I really don't like when people like that have no skin in the game try to yeah. tell me like, okay, you yeah. do this or you shouldn't do this. Like you have no skin in the game. So why should I even listen? You can't tell me. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but if you listen to some of these like Bitcoin holders like that, they're like, they're like, okay, uh, this will be the <laughs> standard and everything like that. And they yeah, yeah, yeah. very well be right, you know, but mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's just a continuation of just educating yourself on it. Like I, mm -hmm. I educated. So in 2017, I was just surrounded by people that were, I'm a long-term investor in like everything. Right. Right. So in 2017, I was just hearing people like trying to make some quick money. And I, it was just, a, it was not something I wasn't interested in. So I was everyone yeah. getting the Bitcoin. You can make some quick money, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And I'm in Omaha. So I'm here mm -hmm. with uh, like Warren Buffett. He's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Investor. So, and he, he's on TV talking about uh, Bitcoin's not is like worthless or whatever. So I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Okay, Warren Buffett is a smart dude. He and he's uh, he's known as like one of the all time great. Uh, For in, sure. Yeah. So it's like, all right, Buffett must be right about this, right? And plus, and then Bitcoin tanked after 2017. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So then uh -huh. uh, you got uh, COVID happens, everything shuts down. And I finally find someone who's like a long-term Bitcoin investor and what re really wants to yeah. explain like the details of Bitcoin and why it's going to be important uh, 10 years from now, 100 yeah. years. So that uh, just continue to educate yourself and not necessarily shut your brain off just because uh, these smart smart people, Buffett is a smart guy, 
but he's just, he is older, yeah. so you're he's not going to really understand it mm-hmm. as much as like me and you will. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up ended up getting into Bitcoin, uh, like around I want to say August. It was like ten thousand or something like that, and I I went in. I was at fifteen, so yeah. Yeah, so we were still early. Like even though we yeah, were yeah. early, early like three thousand or like five yeah. ago from now. Like if you hold on to it ten years from now and it's like at a hundred thousand or whatever, people are like, oh shit, like you got in like yeah. early. But I I just advise people to just continue to educate themselves. Um, yeah. How about Ethereum? Like what is what is Ethereum? So from what I know, that one is so Ethereum is a little bit different because I. It doesn't have, so I think, okay, so from what I was understanding from a thousand videos that I watched, the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum is that Ethereum doesn't have, uh, you know, it doesn't have that cap that Bitcoin has. Like once Bitcoin, the scarcity of Bitcoin is what makes Bitcoin. Ethereum is going, is venturing more into what I believe into more of what cryptocurrency will become. If that makes sense, cryptocurrency is going to be another form of, you know, obviously payments. And I think Ethereum is going to have a different backing. If I can, don't don't quote me on this, but I understand that Ethereum is different in the aspect of that is not as scarce and it has more of a system. That's the word I'm looking for. It has more of a system compared to Bitcoin, where Bitcoin is is um i the hardest thing for me to understand about ethereum is what the the longevity is but when i watch the one uh the owner of my company that i uh, work at he said ethereum has the backing to extend into a form of debit if that makes sense like so it would be more of a transactional you know it'd be consistently transactional where bitcoin is more of buy and hold and the ones that really are in bitcoin obviously they're the ones that kind of try to hedge it and you know buy and sell but um without me without me saying too much i think i'll just say that i'll stick with that because i don't want to act like i'm an expert in it but that's the way it was explained to me as uh, much knowledge as i have right now so um yeah obviously cryptocurrency is a it is a new wave that we really do have to consistently educate ourselves on because we don't want to we don't want to jump into something and make it seem like we know and then we get bit. You know what I mean? So, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, there's so many coins out there, and it's like, oh yeah, and you just got to continue to educate yourself on it. Like, uh, like yeah. I, I know, I know Bitcoin. I'm still learning about Bitcoin, like more and more. By same, the same. Um, like Ethereum, I know that's another like big brand crypto. Yeah. But then there's stuff like uh, I think Dogecoin or something like that where I'm just Do- like, Dodge Dogecoin. Yeah, Dodge and then uh, Ripple or the Lit- XRP or something like that. Lit- yeah. It's like Litecoin is another one I think. Uh, yeah. So where okay, since you got in, so since you got in at uh, ten, where did you invest in Bitcoin? Like what platform? Uh, I started it off on, uh, I started at Coinbase, and then mm-hmm. I transferred it over to uh, BlockFi. Um, okay. And they pay, they pay like interest on your Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, if I'm making more money, more yeah. Bitcoin on top of my Bitcoin, 
I'm all, I'm all for it. And especially because the, mm-hmm. the bank savings account isn't really gone, isn't really cut. That, yeah. that was my main thing about investing in Bitcoin. It was like, all right, I know my money yeah. in the savings account isn't making me anything. And the government is nothing. And the government is just printing off money like crazy and it's devaluing yeah. the dollar. And if Bitcoin goes like people say it will, like it has been the last 10 years, yeah. all right, I'm, this is a risk that I'm willing to take. And so, yeah, that's my main reason why I got into Bitcoin uh, overall, like on top of like the overall thesis of it. I, my main yeah. thing is, I feel like Bitcoin, the more it goes up in value, I think the more like countries in the world is messed up. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. That's, the more tension that is going to go on in the world and how decentralized uh-huh. Bitcoin is, I just feel like, all right, like we're hoping for it to reach a million dollar by uh, per coin, but do we really want it to be a million dollars yeah. per coin? You know, like because exactly, exactly, yeah, that's because um even like like you just said, you know, you seen how Bitcoin Bitcoin was starting to dip back down. I think it went back down to thirty. Three, I think it went back down to 33 and then, you know, the stimulus has been announced, you know, the stimulus, uh, Biden's plan for the stimulus not to get political here, uh, but that started escalating it back up right off of what you were saying, you know, when you kind of hear if those are, you know, $2 trillion are about to be printed again, obviously Bitcoin goes up. So it, it it's like, it's like value at disaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just yeah, it sounds like a, it, like a interesting episode, like where one hundred percent. Yeah, just something that was created, and at the end of the mm-hmm. show goes on, you're realizing the like the downside of this thing. Like yeah, man, that's the thing about a lot of yeah. people. Like they don't care about this other stuff. They don't care if the world's a disaster if their pockets are right. You know, and that that's no, and that's okay Mm-mm. to have that. It's okay to have. It says that. a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does say a lot. Um. So one thing I never understood, why is, uh, like, I never was interested in Pokemon as, like, a kid. What's the, like, yeah. Um, but I do know it's, mm-hmm. like, popular. Do you think Yu-Gi-Oh is on that same level? Like, I heard a lot of people think, like, Yu-Gi-Oh will become, like, what Pokemon, like, is currently at. What do you think? Yeah. Okay, so, yes, Yu-Gi-Oh, okay, no, yes and no. Yes, Yu-Gi-Oh has... It's gonna have its time, whether it's in the next two years or three years, it's coming. But actually, I think Dragon Ball Z will be next before Yu-Gi-Oh. But uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is definitely next. The difference with Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh for me is I think Yu-Gi-Oh was a little bit more dark, where Pokemon was a little bit more family friendly in the aspect of you know the whole image of it. Yu-Gi-Oh was a little bit more dark and it was a little bit more anime-ish, you know, and um, and I think that Yu-Gi-Oh will have a surge. It may not be, it may not be as many cards as Pokemon. Like you can, you can change your life off of multiple different Pokemon cards. I don't think it's that many Yu-Gi-Oh cards that can have that effect, at least not right now. But I do think it's gonna have its time. Maybe just not as grand. But I do think Dragon Ball Z will be the next cards. Because people don't even know there's Dragon Ball Z cards. But I do think Dragon Ball Z will be the next cards. And I'm gonna say this on here because. I have nowhere else to say it at the moment. Uh, I think Serena Williams cards are going to be the next cards to really pop. Like, I think Serena Williams cards. Uh, and I think a lot of women cards in general, whether it's soccer or tennis I, or golf, I think with 
the power that women are finally uh, approaching and having and gaining, I think their cards are going to begin to have value, especially within the next five years. Do you have a reason why you think the Serena Williams card will be the next mm -hmm. one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, when it comes to GOATs, right, we talk about the debate between Jordan and LeBron. We talk about Messi and, uh, you know, whether you're talking about Ali and all of these cards, the top tier of any sport is always going to have the value. And Serena Williams has not got the credit she deserved for the career that she has had, you know, even with, I definitely think she should have more of a sneaker base than, you know, than she does now, right? You know what I mean? Whether that's once her career is completely over, I don't know. But I think her career in general is undervalued in general. Like, and so I think once that's recognized, I think her cards will start surging, whether it's uh, once she officially puts up that throws in a towel or whether she has her documentary, because you know that's what really makes things surge when they have their official documentary once their career is completely over i.e. Tiger Woods is probably going to have an even higher surge than he is, he is right now. But I think Serena Williams is just, I just don't get how it hasn't had any true value in the memorabilia market yet. You know, whether that's her tennis racket, whether that's any memorabilia that she wears, I just don't think the value is there yet. And it will be eventually. Oh Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. It'll be interesting to yeah. keep our eye out on that. And plus, now that yeah. we're on record, um, will hit, I'll make sure to send you the video. Um, yeah. So another thing that I think will bring value to people is when it comes to like buying cards on eBay or even like yeah. uh, Facebook Market uh, Place. Like, how do you yeah. know if a card is like legit or not? That's that's tough. So it has a it has a serial number on it. Uh, it has a serial number and it also has a code at the bottom of the plastic, not of the card, at the bottom of the plastic. But to be honest, the market is surging now and I think the fakes are coming in and they're gonna get better just as it was with the sneaker market. But uh, I do think, though for me, I always uh, I always check the, the border around the PSA. It's, it's a certain thickness to it. and. Uh, and those two codes, if I don't see those two codes, I usually don't go with it. But um, for me, I'm usually looking for the opportunity to buy a card that's not even grady. If I can find a still, if I can see that is, you know, that it has a clean border that it can possibly be a PSA nine or, you know, A, B, and C, that's what I'm looking for. And to be honest, I haven't, I don't have any graded cards yet. I haven't graded any of my cards. I've just been purchasing them just to understand for like that question you just asked. I want to understand completely of because for me growing up, I just used to put them in the sleeves or I used to put them in the screw bags. And that's all I thought it was to it. So once I found out this whole other world two years ago, I'm like, okay, I really need to know what I'm sending in so I don't lose value because I don't think people understand when it's a when you're sending it into PSA or Beckett you're paying for the insurance and you're paying for the shipping, but mainly you're paying for how much you think the value of the card is going to be. And you have to predict that. So for me, I want to make sure I understand I have, you know, a couple cards that I want to send in. Um, obviously me and you went back and forth on uh, Twitter. I'm big on LaMelo. I think LaMelo is going to, uh, I think he's, his card is going to have a lot of value. I'm iffy on Zion though. 
Zion. I'm I'm iffy. Uh, bro, I don't I don't know. I I love Zion, but he he already moves to me like he's in his fifteenth year. We like you know, like yeah, yeah, like. And I'm just like, yo, this is how, not even being funny, I'm like, this is how Wade looked before he retired. Like, the way he moves, like, and I know it's just because, you know, he's bigger. But when it comes to that, it's just like, I, I try to be as speculative as possible. And I try not to take too many risks because, like, I'm a long-term investor. And I'm not trying to take any crazy risk or anything. I'm trying to have certain certainty, if anything. Yeah, yeah. So I use, have you heard of uh, Starstock? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I wanted to just test it out because I saw um, I saw Kevin Durant invest in it and some other people I follow on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So I bought some Lamelo uh, like non-graded uh, rookie cards on there. So uh-huh. I bought them for like, mm-hmm. I want to say $5 or something. I was able to yeah. flip it to about like $19 because yeah, I had some like really good games mm-hmm. and I feel bad about selling that one because yeah I ended up selling it because I wanted to buy some more Bitcoin to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> okay so I feel like if I would put more money into that like it would have been a better return but even holding on to yeah. it I, I I agree with you Lamelo is just showing like he got something that Lonzo didn't doesn't have which is like confidence 100 percent 100 percent and that's just so big. And I, I feel like LaMelo is going to be a star in the league. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, 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 wish yeah. I, held, I wish I would have held on to that LaMelo card. And then with Zion, I feel like he mm-hmm. has the opportunity to be a superstar. I feel like it um, – the fact that he's mm-hmm. under now is because he started off with so much hype. And that and the Pelicans, just the way they are yeah. – just the way the Pelicans are built, they have no spacing on the court for Zion. Like in Brandon Ingram, they 100%. got no shooting. Yeah. If there was shooting on the court, mm-hmm. I feel like Zion could be even more dominant than uh, what he's looking like mm-hmm. right now. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I guess that's my thing with Zion because for for me, unlike a job and a, a mellow is when you finally get that team or when you finally get to that place, like let's say he leaves the Pelicans, you know, he doesn't suddenly sign his contract. When that finally happens, where is his body going to be? You know what I mean? And because he's a, he's a different, he's, he's different. There's, he kind of reminds me of, okay. So you know how Jerome Bettis was, right? Like Jerome Bettis was, he understood what he was, but he was so much, he had something that just like Zion, he had the the way Zion had the ability to jump and how strong he is. Jerome Bettis had the speed to go along with the size. The difference is Jerome Bettis was in an amazing, like you said, he was in an amazing position. He was in with an amazing team. And if he would have got, if Jerome Bettis would have got to that point eight years into his career, how would his how would his career have looked because of because he's managing a lot more body wise like and it's not even talking about weight it's talking about he depends on his ability to jump and to outbox people and with this generation of shooters those abilities are going to slowly get farther away like the floor is opening up 10 times more i feel like 
I feel like Zion is like five years. I feel like he's five years late, not as in he won't be that superstar. He's just five years late of immediately being that superstar. Like Shaq was so dominant because of his ability in the era he was in. If Shaq was in this era, he still would be dominant. He still would be Shaq, but it just would look a lot different. And I don't know, um, I don't know how that transitions over time. And I'm and I'm a big Zion fan. I am. I'm just nervous that that his he might just need a different environment. And that doesn't mean leaving the Pelicans. But like you said, I just think it might be the environment overall. But I am nervous right now. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm nervous. Oh yeah, I feel you. I want Zion to <laughs> I want Zion to succeed, especially because uh, the NBA is my favorite sport to watch. So the more one hundred percent more uh, more stars there are in the league, I feel like they're super yeah. close too. Like I before even Adam Silver announced that there was uh, thinking about an expansion, I was thinking that yeah. they had so much talent that they could definitely. Mm-hmm. Expand. There's just so many. Oh yeah, many stars that are in the league that yeah, uh, there could definitely be an expansion. So uh, before we end the show, I had like two questions, one silly question and just one serious question. So yeah, when it comes to, do you main, do you have any rules when you're like investing in collectibles? Do you uh, just, uh, do you invest in players that are still playing or do you focus on uh, players that are retired? Like they can't mess up uh, their career or they, it doesn't matter if they tear ACL because they're out no. of that's okay so when it comes to players that's retired that's already in the hall of fame that obviously uh already have their mvps their finals appearances or super bowl appearances that's where i invest the most money that's where i invest the most money but when it comes to the the zions the lamar uh jackson's the you know the patrick mahomes and uh obviously for me i've invested a couple in a couple josh allen cards uh but uh for those players i usually tend to just get a position in there if that makes sense so just equivalent to the way you talk about stocks i just try to get a position in there like i try to get whether it's a you know one or two cards or uh if it's in a fractional round i i just go halfway whatever i would usually invest in a in a jordan or in a kareem abdul jabbar i would just i would just get more of a speculative uh amount than anything but i do like to have those cards because you do want to see them do good and you kind of want to be along the journey with them. That's what I do like about the Zions and the, uh, the Lamellos. Like, I want to see Zion do good. So I will invest a little bit into him and just see how it plays out. And if it doesn't do anything good, it was good to watch him do what he did. And if it does turn out great, well, obviously, it's profit in it and it's memories. So that's kind of why I like doing the, the younger players that haven't really proven themselves yet. Doesn't that make you watch the, little, the game a little different, though? Just because you're like, Damn. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Zion the damn ball. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's that's probably why I have that opinion about Zion because it's like it's like dang like I'm thinking about that. But if I was just coming from a casual basketball fan, I'd be like, oh, don't worry about it. He has time. You know, he he'll, he'll be good because this is how it happens. You know, he'll blossom. He'll have his position. You know, and his potential. So that definitely plays a factor. What was uh? So my uh, silly question is. Um, that doesn't have to do with collectibles. What do you think yeah. about uh, Harden with the Nets? How do you think that ends up working out? You got them winning the finals? Hey, no, no, no way, no way. So um, I I like it for basketball as an entertainment-wise, right? 
But, bro, where is that ball going to go? Now, we can't talk about – this is not talking about regular season. Regular season, they all can have 30. They can, they can have – you know, they can drop the buckets. They can get 50, 60 wins if Kyrie plays, that is. You know, they can get those They can get those wins, and it will be entertaining. And I know James – give James Harden a month. He's going to be right in the shape that he was in the offseason. But when it comes to the playoffs, bro, I Eastern Conference Finals for sure. But Kendrick Perkins said it today, and I know you've probably seen it. Dog, if Bron beats this team – I mean, what are what are we really gonna be talking about? Like, you know, and the thing is, I think that I think that the ball movement is gonna work. Um, Kevin Durant is unselfish, but he does need the ball. Kyrie isn't really selfish, but he does need the ball. Kyrie is just more of a ball player. You know, like when you're a ball player, he doesn't do it intentionally. He just he's confident in what he can do, obviously for many reasons. James Harden, on the other hand. James Harden is he when it comes to a super team, bro. It, I just I don't know. I'm I'm interested, but I don't think that I don't think without levels of defense because they have you know they have a they don't have a bench anymore, bro. They don't they don't have a bench anymore. They can't they can't go. Brooklyn was the deepest team. Like they could go all the way to the. 13th man if they wanted to now is like how far can you really go but do you really need to go that far at the same time so overall I'll say that I mean how can you not get to the finals with them will they win no I don't think they will I'm going to go on a cliff and say that they're not going to win but I don't know bro that's 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 a risky one what do you think I feel so I'm a it's not I don't think it's a hot take but it might sound like a hot take uh, I honestly, I don't even have the Nets going to the finals. Okay, you bolder than me because I wanted to say that, but I, I, I didn't want to be on that clip. You bolder than me, but I, I'll take, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. What, do, what else do you think? I think, like, number one with the bench, they traded away uh, Karis LeVert, who is a bucket. Showed he was a bucket last year. Straight bucket. Straight um, bucket. Spencer is out. Yeah. Um, and they just got no, no real paint presence. So if you face in a, a man like uh, Joel Embiid, like I'm not saying they're going to get knocked out by the 76ers, but Joel will be putting up numbers against them if he's in shape. Um, yeah. Uh, Giannis, yeah. guys like Giannis who depend on driving to the hoop, uh, that you're not you're and a lot of people yeah. say, oh well, the Heat uh, exposed Giannis uh, last year by uh, building the wall and stuff like that, but I just don't feel like the Nets got that type of defense. And anyway, their defense already this year. Wasn't even no, looking, no. looking that good. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the the Bucks will more likely knock them out mm-hmm. uh, before the finals. That that's my team that I got knocked. So out. so you got Milwaukee and the Nets, or do you have the so you don't have the Nets making it to the Eastern Conference? I got uh, make final. They might make it to Eastern Conference Finals, but I think they end up getting knocked out by the by the Bucks. Though. Yeah, and even with your uh, when it comes to the 76ers, the 76ers are big. They're big, like, you know, with Tobias, and it's like that doesn't have an effect on players like Kyrie and James Harden and Kevin Durant. But what it does have an effect on is how many decision mistakes you can make. And when it comes to James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie, all of it is going to be decision mistakes. 
the same way it's always been when it came to Harden's career in Houston. It's been decision mistakes. Why didn't you, you know, why didn't you pass this? Why did you take this shot? Because all of that comes into play in the playoffs. Like you, the, the minute options that you have to make mistakes goes away. And like you said, playing a Milwaukee or playing a 76ers, even the heat that they're not really looking the best right now, but in the playoffs, they may be like, we did this again. So they may have a different type of confidence. I don't think they'll knock the Nets out or I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the heat right now, honestly. Uh, but overall, I think that that James is the James is the factor. He's the factor because I understand who KD is. I understand who Kyrie is. But we don't know who James is with a super team like this. We've seen KD with Golden State. We've seen Kyrie with Brian. But when you take the ball out of James Harden hands twice, that's gonna look a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is a like this isn't six man of the year. No, no. And then my my main thing with Kevin Durant is he left he left OKC because of the ball movement, right? This I don't think there's gonna be a ball movement with Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. I don't no, know no. what ended up happening. Like, is there mental switch that ended up happening with Kevin Durant? Like that made him think like, okay, we need James Harden here who will stop the ball as well. So I I don't know some Kevin Durant. Yeah. He's a, a weird dude, but I I like him. He's a hooper, but he'd be weird. Yeah. But, yeah. But you, he, he's he's unstable, like, and he's unstable in his thought process for some reason. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't. Okay, how about this? I'll give you last question before we finish. How about this? I'm giving you questions. You know, but uh, how do you think the bench players feel? <laughs> no, like think of how that team was established and how it was assembled, and how do you think the bench players feel now? Oh, they hate it. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. They they hate it. Like, there's not gonna be a lot of shots left for them. No, no. Uh, like when when KD got off the court, you still had maybe Kyrie on the court, but the other uh, bench players can still. But now you might take KD off the court, but you still got Kyrie and Harden on the court. So Bro. yeah, there's not gonna be a lot of shots for them to go around. It reminds me of kind of like uh, the Heat. Mine is just yeah. the Heat's defense. The Heat still plays yeah. defense, but. Them, those heat days, you still have LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. They'll have 80 mm-hmm. out of those 100 points. Yeah, so yeah. The, the bench players, if you're looking for a new contract, a, a new big contract, good luck. I, I don't know how that uh, yeah. for them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to uh, be uh... – if the, if the Nets did make the finals, mm-hmm. and I do, think, I do think the Lakers would knock them off once uh, just mm-hmm. because of that paint presence I was talking about. You can – And chemistry. Yeah, and you can't yeah. not have a paint presence versus LeBron and Anthony Davis. And Aiden. Man, man. It's just, but next that, year, next it's year, not going to, next year could mm-hmm. be different, though. I guess because yeah. it's in sports, I just noticed like the year that you do have the hype is normally lackluster, but that next year, mm-hmm. you're normally yeah. pretty good. So I think next yeah. year, the Nets could be more more of a finals threat, but they, I think I'll, I'll view them as the Clippers, Clippers of the East is what I think. For sure. For sure. And I guess, well, I'm bro. I just want Ben Simmons to find a shot. Once that happens, it's over. But if that, if that happens, and, and it's never happening, man, it's not, I mean, he might be able to pull off. And this is my boy, but you know how Wade was, you know, how Wade wasn't really a shooter, but he'll make them like, 
clutch shots, he won't even have that. So we'll we'll see what happens with him. <laughs> you know, I think Bing just needs the women to talk to him, tell him, "Hey, man, you need to see, you need to shoot the three. Uh, yeah. So before we wrap up, do you have anything yeah. you want to uh, shout out or any uh, words you want to give the listeners? Um, no, nothing, to, nothing to shout out. I mean, I do have the. Uh, I will be. I started a rally investor YouTube channel just to kind of get, you know, my thoughts out. So the rally investor, you can, you know, follow, uh, subscribe to that. That's just starting up, so it's really not too much on there. But overall, I do want, I do want people to know that one, you're not. You, don't let people feel like you don't have the knowledge to invest. Don't let people talk you out of a convicted gut feeling if you feel like it's gonna work just understand that you have to ride you have to ride on that horse like you got to ride it all the way through don't feel guilty if it goes down just understand whether it's alternative investing or whether it's investing in the stock market uh do your homework do your research make sure that you understand what you're getting into make sure you're not overexposed so make sure your percentages make sense and uh keep investing in the stock market because at the end of the day the money always ends up going up it may not look like it at sometimes. It may dip a little bit low, but uh, and do your research on cryptocurrency. I'll just leave it at that. Wise words, man. Oh, last question. Sorry. What yeah, book, book would you uh, like? Finance books? Any uh, mm-hmm. like what? When you started uh, learning to uh, like invest in the stock market or yeah. or whatever, what what book or uh, movie or podcast or who ended up helping you? Yeah. Uh, like you want to name any off? Yeah, for sure. Us okay. So, book wise, intelligent investor, the intelligent investor for sure. Uh, podcast wise, obviously this would be you know great. Uh, earn your leisure. Earn your leisure. It has changed everything for me. There are uh, two black guys that one is one was a teacher and the other one is uh, a financial advisor, and then they also have somebody that's featured on there. Uh, Ian Dunlap. He is a. Uh, He's a he's not even a day trader. He's an overall investor, and the information they give on each each week is just overall what changed everything for me and got me to understand how to think about the stock market. And um, last but not least, another book was The Power of Broke by Damon Johns. I read that years ago, but that book altered my thinking, you know, from the day I read it. So, and the Bible, I gotta throw that out there. Hey, shout out to the Bible. <laughs> there you go. Hey, right, appreciate you coming on the show, man. And hey, uh, we'll have to yeah. pop it up again sometime. Definitely, bro. Great talk. Great talk. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. You too, man.